Hello and welcome to the second episode of Danish and Confused. And today we're also not in Denmark anymore. We've left and uh, we are now in Great Britain. I'm in London and I'm visiting the producer and musician Chris Heisen. Welcome. Hi. I mean, I'm in your studio, but welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, welcome to your own room. <laughs> yes, uh, make yourself comfortable. Yeah. yeah, so Chris, you are, as I said, a musician and a producer. Is there mm-hmm. a word that's missing there? I don't think so, no. Okay. I think it, that covers everything, really, doesn't it? Everything musician and are... producer are quite okay. broad. <laughs> um, you've got some nice projects. Uh, you have a, is it a duo, Snow Poet? Yeah, sort of. It's a um, it is a duo, but we also sort of outsource other musicians and get a lot of input from others. But pre- predominantly, it's myself and Lauren Kinsella, a vocalist yep. mm-hmm. from um, from Dublin in Ireland. And you've also worked a lot with Jordan Rakai, and you're also working as a film composer. Yeah, is there a project that I'm missing out that's important for your musical identity for me to mention? Um. Not really. I guess I I do produce music for other artists as well. Like, mm-hmm. um, but we can get into that. But yeah, just generally producing music for, with sort of a, a handful of fantastic different musicians and and artists. Yeah. So you seem to be juggling a lot of different things, and yet you seem like a very very calm and organized <laughs> person. Uh, what's your secret to that? <laughs> well. I wouldn't say I'm calm. I'd say I'm organized. I wouldn't say I'm calm. I think my mind runs at quite a fast pace in terms of just thinking of things that I need to do, whether it's like I need to reply to this email or like I need to add a shaker overdub in this tune of someone's or mm-hmm. so, or something like that. But um, yeah, I guess, I guess just doing it. I think for me, the hard thing is the thinking about it so whenever I get into it <clears throat> catch myself in a rut where I'm like uh, you know sat at home going oh shit I need to do this I need to do that I just yeah. start doing it oh, that's a good, good <laughs> method <laughs> um but it's actually quite hard to do that I think so I think there's almost like a another person inside me that's making me do that because mm. the real me just wants to like sit on my phone and look at <laughs> look on social media all day yeah. but so yeah. you have a tiny responsible person in your brain yeah i think so can you do things yeah nice. i think it's the f- the fear of bit someone being disappointed in me oh <laughs> you want to unpack that yeah yeah exactly <laughs> the therapy started already yes, here we go <laughs> yeah as soon as we sit on the sofa <laughs> oh yeah we're in a sofa by the way with an incredibly cute little sausage dog named mouse yeah so back to you the human you grew up in london Yeah, I grew up. I mainly grew up in London. I, I was born in Seville, in Spain. Oh wow! Yeah, and lived I didn't there. Know that. Yeah, lived there as a young Spanish boy till I was about five, and then <clears throat> my parents split up, mm. and um, I moved to London with my mum okay. and my sister. How was that transition? I mean, you were five. I don't know if you do you remember much. I have flashbacks a lot and like very specific memories. Yeah, it's weird. Like I feel very connected to Spain and Spanish food, Spanish music, just Spanishiness, Mediterranean 
like I, I used to speak fluent Spanish I don't speak Spanish anymore I, I mm. kind of re- I refused to when I moved to London just because you refused to speak Spanish yeah I think I was just like you know when you're a kid and you're like you want to fit in uh, so I was like I don't want to be the Spanish boy at school and stuff so okay. it's something I definitely regret not mm. keeping hold of I mean I understand a lot of Spanish and I think the fact that I was bilingual has definitely contributed to music in some way for me definitely does it influence your taste at all in music or your choices that you make when you're making music what your background i guess your roots um do they still uh, echo somewhere yeah i think so maybe i think there's definitely a kind of passionate thing in spanish music which i reflect off quite a lot in Mm. music there's not necessarily spanish but i don't know yeah there's dramatic i think spanish music is very dramatic and i like drama and music i like music that that tells a story and for Mm. for a story to be told there's got to be drama there's got to be dynamics and so yeah definitely i think i've gone through phases where i've been like oh i'm just gonna listen to some flamenco music and that would be like that wouldn't be for something for myself but it's just in, in terms of like studying or or anything yeah. like, I haven't gone in on it but <clears throat> sometimes I'll just go through phases of listening to Latin Spanish music there's some like I know it's a bit basic but there's a there's a nice um Spotify playlist called Cafe Con Leche <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> but it's got really nice a lot of really cool Spanish influenced music in there so I've sort of gone in there a few times and then there's like some nice flamenco music that I've found just via just sort of googling looking up playlists and stuff and yeah. just trying to dig out some nice flamenco music but yeah it's definitely something i want to continue to feed off definitely what are some of your musical heroes wow musical heroes quite a lot actually bjork definitely mm, bjork is someone that i had a light bulb moment not not like oh, i've ha- had an idea moment but it was mm. her album vespertine Vespertine is the one it's the one with the swan black and white oh, cover and it's like it's okay. her and like electronic and then there's like a Greenlandic choir and a whole like orchestra string orchestra mm-hmm. someone posted a um a YouTube link on Facebook to this tune from the album called Harm of Will and um I was I remember where I was I was in Paddington station in London and I was just saw it, you know, when people post music online and stuff. It's just yeah. thought, oh god, I want to have a listen to this, whatever. Because I always had a f- strange fear of Bjork for some reason. I think most of the music that I end up really falling in love with, I'm kind of scared of first. And there's a weird instinctual feeling that's like I don't know. It's a, there's something. There was just something about Bjork that scared her music that scared me. That sort okay. of made me feel anxious to listen to it or like fearful do you know why like is it intimidating to listen to it i don't i think maybe just seeing like visually on like mtv growing up and stuff Uh, it was quite far out in terms of you know the way she presents herself you know with the kind of digital and so i kind of i think i just assumed it was just going to be it wasn't going to make sense to me whatever and then i listened Mm -hmm. to this song harm of will and it was amazing and it was like just the structure and the form and the journey that you take through that song was something I'd not experienced before. And just every every element, like the way it's been recorded, the melody, the harmony, 
the string arrangement and it's out of time the song it's like almost a ballad and it's got some real beauty but it's also got some real darkness in it and yeah that was the moment that I was like wow this is amazing and then I just slowly then I bought the album off iTunes and then I was just like slowly like dipping my toes in like yeah. I tried this track for a bit and then got obsessed with another track and then yeah. you know that way that you can fall in love with an album the snowball effect yeah, yeah exactly and then um yeah i really followed her music since and then the album after that was equally incredible volnicura bjork is definitely a, a hero of mine and you know i'm grateful that she exists because i think just for my own music i've taken a lot of her philosophies and mm -hmm. just approaches and kind of yeah it's it's really empowered me to you know make my own music and be experimental and try stuff out and have have some self-esteem she's she's so sure of herself and you can hear yeah. that in the music and it's like that's that's really attractive that's what you want to hear is a human being behind the music someone's feelings and someone's mm -hmm. yeah so definitely bjork i mean mm -hmm. god who else so many heroes <laughs> radiohead radiohead they're from uh, Britain, right? Yeah. yeah, they're from Oxford. 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 <laughs> yeah, Radiohead was the similar thing where I people have been talking about Radiohead around me for ages and I've mm -hmm. been like, oh God, here we go. Like, I was talking about Radiohead and I'd not really got, gone into it and listened to it. And then it was the same thing, just one tune and then the snowball effect, but it was yeah. Weird Fishes from this album called In Rainbows. Yeah, they're incredible, sonically, musically. I mean, like, you know, all the elements. It's like beautiful songs, amazing production, well-recorded, yeah. you know, unique. Every album has its own character and feeling to yeah. it. Everything's considered to every fine detail. And then it's also really, like, doesn't sound like it's all considered. It just sounds like it's just pouring out. And it sounds easy. It's so easy to listen to, but so much goes into it, yeah. Do you think it's easy for them to make it? Do you think it comes, like, as a second nature for them to make this music or that it's extremely thought through and long process? I think it's second nature, but I think what they probably do is they write a lot of songs, basically. So yeah. it's less about being like, wow, what's this? You know, let's work on this one tune. I mean, I'm sure, I think I've heard a story of one of their tunes from A Moon-Shaped Pool, the last track, I've forgotten what it's called, but that that's like the 15th version of that song that they'd recorded. Ah, so it's a long process of Kill Your Darlings, maybe. Yeah, definitely. And like, they're in a great position now, they've done so well that they, they have the resources to, mm -hmm. to just do that all the time. Yeah. They don't have to like, do anything else. So I guess if you're in a band like that and you've got you're you're that successful that you can all you have to do is be in the band in your life <laughs> <laughs> then it must be quite straightforward quite fun and easy to just yeah. make music i was thinking about the beatles the other day and mm. how they used to have a, a different drummer at first i've forgotten what his name was but i was just thinking like imagine you had how must that person feel right now to know that he missed out on the Oh, wow, really? Oh, what? Not Ringo Starr? There was a, there there was was a, drummer, a before drummer before him. Who dropped out? Or? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Whoops. man. Yeah. I wonder what he's doing now. I don't know. Crying, maybe. Playing in a Beatles tribute band, yeah. isn't it? Very sad. Or um, just telling the same story about that in a pub <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, being drunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Danish and confused. Do you have another one to complete the Holy Trinity? God, I mean, now thinking 
maybe thinking of some someone from the past probably i mean Joni mitchell it's amazing oh, yes. oh, i love Joni mitchell yeah the the early Joni mitchell or also like the the jazz Joni mitchell i prefer the early Joni mitchell mm. but I, I appreciate the jazz Joni mitchell as well and i like all those tunes she's yeah she's amazing amazing storyteller yeah just all the same shit that i said about bjork and stuff yeah. in terms of just it's just that her you know she's so good at writing songs yeah yeah she is that's it <laughs> you said something earlier when you were talking about bjork about the philosophy mm. that you kind of um, uh, learned a lot from her philosophy as a musician do you have a certain like was there a moment in your life when you thought like okay i found this philosophy and i'm gonna stick with it to live a fruitful musical life or do you not have philosophy to guide you it's less of i don't really think of it in, a, in that way of like this is how i'm gonna be now i think yeah. it's just it's it's kind of wisdom really it's like you kind of when you're younger it's so easy to just want to be good at what everyone around you is doing. I studied jazz at uh, Royal Welsh College in Cardiff and then I did a master's at the Royal Academy of Music. And that was amazing, I learned so much. But in terms of output, everyone was m making music with, you know, jazz quintets and septets. Yeah. And you look like you've done the same. Yes, I, I went through the same. <laughs> and I was studying double bass as well. And obviously, compositionally, you know, Royal Academy of Music, double bass, you know mm. people writing tunes that are like one bar of 13 8 and then you've got a bar of 4 4 and then this bass part that's doubled by the piano that's like dum, dum, ding, dum, 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 dum. Yeah. and i'm just not that kind of musician and uh -huh. i just it was frustrating because I, I love music and i love learning about music and i like writing music but when it came to the output thing i just thought i don't know because I, I did i had a couple of bands that had a similar vibe but just didn't feel right and then yeah it was like towards the end of studying at the royal academy that i sort of stopped caring so much about what other people did yeah what other people did what other people thought and just thought do you know what yeah. oh, this is what i want to do i want to write songs so that's where i met lauren actually yeah she was there as a jazz singer and i remember being in a class with her doing jazz rep which is like jazz rep. learning songs like you know um, T for two and all those classics and she was singing a song and I remember just being like it was like nine in the morning and I was yeah. remember hearing her and just being like wow she's got an amazing voice and then mm -hmm. we I said oh would you be up for writing some lyrics because I'd written some s tunes but they were more kind of they were less jazz jazz and they were more just a bit more diatonic a bit more yeah. song like and then she did that and then kind of all those things came together in one moment like I discovered the Bjork record, found that like the structurally, the, the, the freedom, like it's like having jazz structure, like freedom and non not has, doesn't have to be verse, chorus, verse, chorus yeah. for it to be a song. And I'm so uh, glad that you say that. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of people always like to point that out in my music. Like it doesn't really have a, a song structure. And I'm like, what is a song structure? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. As long as it has a narrative, I think that's all it yeah. needs. Do you know what I mean? Like a, yes. a, something that takes you through it. So yeah, I think, and then yeah, realizing that. And then it still felt a bit restricted with Lauren. And it was because she was writing lyrics just to melodies and chords that i'd written and it was still everything's still restricted to you know a piece of paper and and then then we started playing with other friends of mine and uh, you know people that were studying with us and we were like 
Lauren was like, oh, I might just do this, you know. It started loosening up a bit and stopped being so much like, okay, bar five, you know, we're going to this bit. And it was like, oh, whatever, why don't we just stay on this chord for a bit and, like, listen to each other. And and then Lauren started really, like, bringing her own shit to the music. And that was a, that was a moment of, like, oh, right, so if you share music with someone else that you really like, you know, in terms of the way they are, the, the person they are, and the, the kind of music they make, then it doubles up in goodness because mm-hmm. you've got two people's... Authenticity. Authenticity in yeah. the music. And then you've got the drummer who's putting... And then, you know, as soon as you start just allowing people to be themselves mm-hmm. in the music, then um, that can only do good things, basically. And that's, like, in terms of philosophy, that's definitely something I've carried on to now, which is, like... As a producer, nothing is worse than making someone feel uncomfortable or like you're putting pressure on them to do something that they can't do. Because I've been in that situation so many times when you're like, you know, like someone's counting you in or someone's going, do this, do this, do this. And it just feels so unnatural that you you end up being worse than you actually are as a musician. Mm -hmm. You're like... (laughs) Yeah, what we're saying, philosophy. So, like, mm. perspective is another thing I've yep. picked up as well, which is, like, think about how the person you're with is feeling. Because if I'm feeling tense and nervous and untrustful, or like, I can't be in your company or I have to prove myself, whatever feeling of just non-like relaxation mm-hmm. and, like, comfortableness, the, the sort of, the less, how am I supposed to play well how am I supposed to express myself and contribute good ideas to the music I feel like all the things that you've mentioned now is the complete opposite that I've experienced in jazz school really yeah in what way I was having a conversation with a friend about this and maybe it's just a thing that applies to um, jazz vocalists but we feel like there's so much ego involved Mm. all the time and you don't at least we didn't feel like we had the space to be ourselves and this pressure and this these expectations and people counting you in and telling you how to do stuff that just that didn't allow us to become the musicians that we want to be and we were just following tradition instead mm-hmm. of finding our own way but then we were also wondering like we do study jazz so in what way do we first have to follow tradition and then go our own way like do mm. we have to go or do we have to go through this trauma first before we yeah yeah i know exactly what you mean i think that sometimes i think oh god i would never want to make someone feel like that but then i think Mm. actually does the fact that i went through that experience should i be grateful of that because i've made me realize what i want to be it's a weird discussion to have i guess everyone has a different uh, opinion and experience in that yeah or if i'd have known earlier although i mean in terms of studying jazz i think the harmonic knowledge and also improvising all the time you're just you're just surrounded by melody all the time aren't you and Mm -hmm. you're you're having to think up melodies all the time and I think that is definitely a huge contributing factor to boosting up your melodic awareness at a young age you know what I mean um so yeah I'm not hating on jazz school but (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah it's funny it's good though I'm, I'm I'm glad I went and actually I met so many amazing people and so I think that's the real thing is like just meeting meeting yeah. your peers and hanging out going out with your mm-hmm. mates and making music with friends yeah definitely. is that also where you started the project uh, Snow Poet when was that born yeah so Lauren was doing one year 
masters I was doing the second year of my masters and we both collided then and then we yeah we started writing and then we did a rec we went to record an album when we finished college and then we ended up recording like 10 tunes and then we ended up scrapping a lot because it's such an early stage because other friends of mine were making albums I was like oh, I've got to make an album so we went went to the studio did it and then worked on it for a while mixed it and then just thought do you know what some of these tunes aren't just I just aren't working so we ended up just releasing two of the tunes on an EP with a couple of other tunes that yeah. I'd written post and then that was when Snow Poet was born when we released the EP and then we went and made an album. Wow, okay. Yeah. It does sound like a bit of a, maybe painful is the wrong word, but a difficult process to make an entire album and then uh, scrap more than half of it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm glad, I'm really glad I did that. And looking back, I think what's what's there to lose? Like, you, in terms of money you spend on making music, yeah, you, you, you lose out on whatever you spent making those tunes but mm -hmm. what you learn from that is priceless and also I'd hate it if we put out six of those tunes now because I'd be listening now and thinking why the hell did we put those out mm -hmm. it just didn't those songs because the songs were good it's just the way we arranged them and played them just didn't work and I just think nothing's worse than you know listening to some old music of yours and going oh, I could have done that better yes <laughs> I have the opposite uh experience sometimes now where when I released the music I was like why am I releasing this I really don't like this oh really yeah or I'd heard it too many too times. many times yeah I yeah. got sick of it but then now when I release uh, when I listen to music that I released a few years ago I'm like hey this is actually not that bad oh nice <laughs> is that do you reckon because you've had some space away from it so you've got the bit yes. sort of fresh airs and I think so and you also always I don't know how that is for you but I always associate a certain time of my life also with music that I've made yes and definitely, it's definitely. like a time machine every time I listen to that music I'm transported back mm. and um, it has advantages and disadvantages yeah it's funny actually like listening I think now because because it's been you know about nearly eight years since I first released anything mm -hmm. listening back to stuff that I released in like 2016 so we yeah. recorded in 2015 you start really hearing the sort of the time era. Yeah. Wonder what it would be like in like twenty years. That's oh that's that's the sort of <laughs> That's the fun part about it. Yeah. <laughs> Danish and confused. About London, maybe I have a what's that called skew skewered image skewed skewed image of uh, the music scene here. I have the idea that there's quite some jazz going on, mm -hmm. but is there like a certain genre monopoly going on in London, or is it just one big melting pot of styles and different directions and genres? When you say genre monopoly, what do you mean by that? That there's one dominating um, style of music in London. In London, that's really hot. Or the hype? I don't think so. I mean, in the jazz world, a lot's changed in the last sort of five odd years where it's kind of become a bit more mainstream jazz. Okay. But yeah, there's like collectives of musicians. So there's like a bunch of guys from South London who are doing really well for themselves. The Ezra Collective, you know those guys? Yes. Joe Armand Jones, who's a great piano player. He plays with those guys. I've played, had the pleasure of playing with him a few times. He's great, you know, and, he, and each, each of those guys release their own music and it's very successful and they sort of, they get a lot of airplay. So you've got that side of the jazz thing, like more mainstream. And then mm. there's like 
more jazz, jazz, I'm not sure what I would call it, but it's a bit more out of college jazz, like quite complex yeah. form structures, where I think this, the Ezra guys, they're more into sort of deep grooves and like, you know, getting getting high energy and like getting people going and dancing yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah, there's also more complex out of college music. Mm. And um, then there's quite a big sort of free jazz. Mm. Uh-huh. Same which we spoke about earlier. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I think free jazz is present in in every city at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you're saying Berlin, which obviously that's. Quite yeah, that was a big thing there. At least while I was there. I don't know. What's your opinion on free jazz? <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Hopefully, I won't say something that's going to incriminate <laughs> myself. Well, actually, Lauren, who I do snowboat with, is is like you know a, quite a successful name on the free. Hmm. She does a lot of free improvisation okay. and stuff. So I, I really like it. Like I've heard. For me, it's just what kind of mood you're in. I think. I think yeah. if you're up for being not maybe not challenged because I, I remember seeing a free improvisation gig with Kit Downs Tom Challenger who's a great sax, a tenor saxophone player Kit Downs is a pianist and plays mm. organ and stuff and um this guy from japan he was playing a theremin oh cool and it was in this guy's living room in islington in north london mm-hmm. and um it was incredible like i actually cried halfway through <laughs> <laughs> for good reasons yeah but it was like the music it was it was weird. It wasn't like, it wasn't a really beautiful piece they played, but there was a kind of like those few moments in the music that really were so powerful that it made yeah. me cry. Wow. But then also I've heard music, you know, free jazz music. Sometimes it's made me laugh and not, do you know what I mean? Because it's just... It's <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah, sometimes when you're not, you've got to really, you know, you've got to really offer your ears up to the musicians. If you're, yeah. if you're thinking about, oh, did I leave the tumble dryer on or anything like that which is easy to easy headspace to be in yes. when you're at a gig you're not yeah always. but if you're in that then sometimes that layer of you know perspective and yeah. narrative's gone so then you can just be a bit like what the hell is going on here yes i, I i've been there quite a few times <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um I'm, I'm gonna ask you as a true confused musician or just spectator how do you listen to free jazz I've had good experiences, but the majority is just me being confused. Well, it depends what kind of sounds you like, really. Like, mm. I think, for example, not to say I'm not being like, I don't do this, but I'm not massively motivated by brass, for example. Like, okay. I'm not like, I love warm trombones and French horns and stuff, but like a trumpet, for example, doesn't get me going. So if I was watching a free improv gig and it was a trumpet player it would probably be less of a vibe for me whereas like if it was you know a piano Mm -hmm. or something like that or something soft I think the softer the instrument for for free improv the more I personally would connect connect to it but yeah how do I listen to it I think you just sort of you just let it happen at you without trying to think too much catch the wave just catch the wave (laughs) yeah feel the vibe (laughs) Danish and confused what is the most favorite gig that you've ever played? You should have warned me about this one. <laughs> <laughs> most favorite gig. We did a lot of snow poet gigs in we our second album, this album called Thought You Knew. Mm-hmm. And um, we did a tour, like Lauren's really good at hustling gigs, basically. Oh, like, that's a great skill to have. We've got a really good balance in the band where I do, I put the extra hours in on the production of the music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Lauren 
puts the hours in when it comes to hustling. So she managed to get together this like 16 day tour in Ireland, in the UK. And it was like, it was quite dramatic because we had this beast from the east. Do you remember that? That (laughs) snowstorm or whatever. No, it sounds pretty dramatic. Yeah, it was called the beast from the east. And it was like, we were literally ready to go on tour. And then Mm. we went to the airport and then they were like, the beast from the east is here. We can't go. (laughs) So we had to go home. And then it was like, you know, a year's planning. And then we had to, we ended up rearranging three or four of the first gigs because of this snowstorm. Then we ended up driving to Ireland when we were going to fly initially. We drove in a tour bus. It was like last minute, like, what are we going to do? And we, um, yeah, we played all these gigs in Ireland and it was just really nice because we just got to play every night. And it's not a luxury I've ever had with my own, with, you know, music that I'm involved with myself. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so hard to get a, put a good show on that to be able to do that 12 times in a row is not it's quite rare so when, mm-hmm. when we finished that tour we we did an album launch in london king's yeah. place and then we did a show in turner sims in southampton which is a really beautiful big concert hall and um they were so good because we played the music so for so long mm-hmm. beforehand uh, doing the other tours that when it came to playing in london it just there was no anxiety you just it's so comfortable in the music because we just we just played it over and over again so definitely those gigs it sounds like snow poet is a really nice project that's close to your heart definitely yeah yeah definitely is i want to ask maybe a controversial question that i've also asked better on the previous um episode yeah because it's kind of like choosing between like as a parent who's your favorite child um, (laughs) do you have a project that you've done or that's still going that is your favorite at the moment yeah tough like you mentioned Jordan Rakai's stuff mm-hmm. earlier that album's out now and that yep. was really special I, I think mm-hmm. it was just a, an amazing experience to work with someone that high grade in talent and vocally just all rounder in terms of like yep. um, I love the music so much and you know I, lo- I love his melodies and all his ideas so working on that record was like yeah, I've got so much out of it personally and in terms, yeah, musically. It was, um, yeah, it was an amazing experience. That album, What We Call Life, it's cool. Danish and Confused. What's a music trend nowadays that really annoys you? Or that's, yeah, that's not your thing. A music trend? Like, yeah. give me an example. Oh God! <laughs> give me yours, and then I'll mine, give you mine. No, yeah, exactly. Oh God, I don't know. Could be something simple like auto tune, or um, yeah, I don't know how everything is so clean, cleanly produced. Everything is so clean at the mm. moment, and uh, yeah, on the grid. I don't know. Oh really? You answer the question. I asked you on the grid <laughs> after we spent three hours pumping all the. That's why I thought of that, but it's a good thing. <laughs> God, I mean, I've got loads of pet hates in music, definitely. I yeah. think I hate power songs like empowerment tunes, like, oh, really? like, um, when I will, you know, all those, like, when there's like stamping feet, like, choo, oh, choo, yes, um, when I girl, now yeah. girl, like, yes. come on, and it's like, you can hear people in the background going, like, yeah, <laughs> I hate that. That okay. really bugs me. I, I think Rag and Bone Man is he? That is it? That mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like, yes. yeah, like, uh-huh. come on. We're calling you out, Rag and Bone Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, meet me, meet me around the back. 
<laughs> yeah, but I can I can really get behind that. Uh, I don't even know why they're so annoying or annoying. Why it's why it's just not. Oh, it's just someone going for it. For some, I don't. Yeah. I think someone's shouting. It's just. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's like you can have someone going like, yeah, like letting out their deep emotion shouting yeah. but then you can have just shouting in music where it's yeah. like don't do that don't shout at me <laughs> shh, sit yeah, down. Shh, shh, calm down <laughs> yeah definitely a pet hate i mean i like that word pet hates pet hates yeah i haven't heard of that oh before. really no yeah well, i'd have to think but there's there's loads there's loads of things that you okay. think i just like oh i don't like that then maybe i shouldn't ask this question now it's kind of linked to the previous ones what's the controversial opinion you have on music mm I don't know if I have a controversial opinion on music in mm. terms of, I mean I've got lots of opinions on on music but controversial what's yours so I can I've got something to I don't well it might it might not be controversial but it's the first thing I can think of I don't like the word singer songwriter or maybe mm. it's the it's what I associate it with right now what because you associate it with just like guy in a bar yes Ed Sheeran vibes with a top knot singing yeah yeah i don't know maybe that's my pet hate that's true yeah yeah <laughs> yeah singers i know what you mean singer songwriter. Mm. i mean actually just genres in general i really struggle with and i i think obviously they're useful indications of okay it's going to sound something mm-hmm. you know electronic music is going to sound like synths and drum yeah. machines or whatever but when it comes to yeah just stuff like my own music personally i've always really struggled to put it somewhere in terms of a genre when people are like oh what is it i just i never really know what to say yeah same. um and usually what i end up doing is just googling someone that i think i sound like and then finding on wikipedia because then it says yeah it says the genres on yeah. wikipedia so i'll be like oh i'm synth wave new <laughs> age deep pop trap trap ne- neo trap. R&B, yeah soul. chill trap <laughs> <laughs> And then you have to identify with that. We're like, I don't know, who am I? Yeah, and then <laughs> and then you like send off to some like chill trap playlister or something. You're tuning, and he's like, "Man, this is nothing like chill trap. This is deep wave new south. What the hell is wrong with you?" Yeah, don't let yourself be pigeonholed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, controversial opinion. I don't. I'm sure I probably do have. I mean, you've already expressed your. Uh... Your feelings on trumpet players so maybe that's a <laughs> oh no don't don't lock me down to that no 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 I, no I do i i love a bit of trumpet every now mm-hmm. and then just someone screaming through it oh you know? yeah or maybe there's like um uh, what's that called a really well-loved and famous artist that you really just don't get or you don't understand oh i see i mean it's not that i don't get because i actually do love his music a lot well i don't love his music i I highly respect his music, but I've never got into, properly got into Stevie, which is a big Ooh. one. I know, I know. Get out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I t- the tune, um, Do I Do? When you see me on the street, that tune, I've listened to loads of times. I mean, like, and I've played Stevie Wonder tunes a million times at weddings, but I've never, I never choose to put Stevie Wonder on. Which is okay. which I feel bad about, but maybe I have. <laughs> maybe when I'm like forty-five, I'll be like have an amazing Stevie Wonder phase. Phase where I'm like, whoa, and then everyone else would be like, oh, I wish I could ha- get that back. But, yeah, but yeah, I'm never. That's always nice if you listen later on in your life to people that uh, to artists that other people have 
Mm. Unknown, then it's like Bob Dylan as well. Yeah, never, yeah. never got in, got mm. into that. What about you? I have to say, actually, Radiohead. Really? Yeah. I mean, I know some of the songs, but <laughs> they don't invite me to continue listening to them. Really? Whoops. Interesting. I mean, I do really appreciate them and respect them, like you say. But yeah, like you say, I I wouldn't put them on by myself. Yeah, fair enough. I think Stevie Wonder is the worst. I feel bad now about the Stevie Wonder one because everyone loves him so much. When this podcast airs, Gets podcast out. airs, yeah, you're gonna yeah. get so much hate. No. Yeah, online hate. <laughs> Cancel Chris Heisen. Yeah. <laughs> Danish and confused. I want to ask you, what's the best thing about your pro- profession, and what's the worst thing? Best thing about my profession is that I get to do what I love every day and I'm continually I think when you make music and produce music you continually learn about yourself as Mm. a person at the same time and I think that is definitely the best thing about my profession is it's almost like therapy self-therapy it's like meditation Mm. yeah and the worst thing I think overwhelming stress and the sense of responsibility and fear of getting it wrong as well and like letting someone down because it's, you can't just get it music is so subjective that you just, personal, yeah. but I'm trying to get better at that and just going I think the key to it is especially when I'm working with another artist is we're doing it not me I'm not the producer like you know I might be down as the producer but actually when you're working with another artist you're both producing yeah. the music I think it's respecting that and accepting that and going not trying to own it for yourself and saying Mm -hmm. this is something that we're making together it takes the edge off definitely Mm. of that feeling of responsibility i mean even if it's someone a singer that doesn't can't play an instrument or doesn't know anything about harmony they can just sing amazingly just having an opinion you know you can say what do you think what 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 do you want the music to be do you want it to be louder quieter reverby all that (laughs) Yeah, so you don't have to make all the decisions. Yeah, but yeah, it does get stressful and like, especially when, you know, I'm self-managed. So like, I've got, you know, you've got shit to do for lots of different people and stuff gets really clustered up sometimes and it gets really stressful and you have to like work till 11 p.m. and get up at six in the morning sometimes just to get everything done. Perks of being self-employed. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But if you wouldn't be a musician, what would you be? Ooh. A lot of my friends would say I'd be an actor, yeah. but I don't think I could, I could do it. I think I would get too nervous. I think I'm actually really introverted. Okay. I'm not good at. Um, I'm good at improvising, being silly in the moment. But when it comes to like, okay, now do it now on my cue, oh that's when I'm like, no, no, don't, don't make who's me do it. Me? Who's that guy over there? <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe I like cooking, so maybe I hmm. cook. Be a chef. I've had the privilege of. Having well, no, some of your dishes here. That was just whipping up some. Still, pasta. it's it's really better than anything I've ever cooked <laughs> up for myself. Um, yeah, probably cook. Cool. An acting cook or a cooking actor. Yeah, a cactor. A cactor, <laughs> great. <laughs> Danish and confused. Yeah, I want to ask you a little bit about the the tunes that you brought today. Okay, so the first tune is we have got. Uh, so let me just got four tunes. The first tune. It's this tune called Strange by Big Thief. Yeah, they've they've got three out, no, four albums out. 
but I sort of found them on album three, which is which this album's from. It's called UFOF, and um, yeah, it's just a great tune. It's really well recorded, well produced. Everything's been considered to, you know, like we we're talking earlier. You know, every element is just yeah. works and. It's been mixed so well, mixed and engineered by Don Monks, who's from Bath, who's a really well-known engineer and he's got a great sound and he's very, um, you know, f- talking about philosophies, I think he he's all about where he puts his microphones and when it comes to mixing, he doesn't really need to do much in terms okay. of plugins and this and that because it's just recorded so well. So yeah, and it's a really cool tune called Strange.
song, isn't it? I really like the bass line. It's a wicked bass line, yeah. yeah. It's, it's got a little bass solo as well. I understand what you mean about, like, not that overwhelmingly many elements, but everything just fits together. Fits together so nicely, yeah. Yeah, it creates a very nice atmosphere. And, like, structure-wise, it's, like, quite hard to follow, but it's, yeah. it's still really simple, isn't it? Just sort of, mm-hmm. like... Flows. Flows so nicely. Mm-hmm. Nice, so they've been a, a project for a while now. Yeah, they're amazing. I think you'll really like them actually, you should get into it. That album is special, that one as well. UFO Yeah. Where are they from? They're from New York, I think, Brooklyn. Danish and Confused. Okay, so the next tune is a tune called Summer Friends by um, Chance the Rapper. Do you know that guy? Do you like his music? Yeah, I do. Do you know this song? No, No. I don't know that one yet. But um, I've kind of forgotten about his existence. Yeah, yeah. I always end up so. listening to this tune. There's just something in it that makes me hit repeat all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think it's got that modern auto-tune voice thing, but I just really like it. It works for me in this song really well. And then you've got like a vocal stacked choir production-y thing, which is also kind of got that gospel feeling to mm-hmm. it. And then you've also nice. got this kind of trappy electronic thing, but the every, all the hi-hats and stuff they just sound really nicely and the, mm-hmm. the songs just i find yeah i find this song quite moving and i think i remember being on tour with bill lawrence this jazz synth guy and um we were in portugal and i was just going through some stuff and i just kept it i just was listening to this song over and over again mm-hmm. it was for some reason just helping me feel yeah. better <laughs> Blockbuster movies and hoes again We were still catching lightning bugs When the plague hit the backyard Had to come in that dark Cause the big shorties act hard Okay, now day grandpa grand crossing First day, niggas shooting Summer school get to losing students But the CPD getting new recruitment I summer don't, I summer, I summer Don't get no shine no more I summer die, I summer time Don't got no time no more Summer friends don't stay Summer friends just stay Stay around here. 
Ooh, I used to kill them with the lawn hair. Yeah. Mama has salon, doing perms out the armchair. Yeah, we're working late, he treat the girl like it's a timeshare. I would mow some lawns for my ones like a launcher. Now I'm the same way. Overtime, all the time, every night. Eh. Ready my blessing, I'm ready, I wait. Never let a friendship get in my way. Never let a block get in my way. Make the whole song do whatever I say. 79, 79, 79, babe. 79, 79, 79, babe. Some of my homegirls got lost in the paperwork. They was good friends, but I fake the flirt. Cause if it ain't work, can't make it work. It's been a minute since I caught on a friend. Fucked up and fucked all my friends. Stick around, some friends, some friends. Some friends don't stick around. Stick around, This very much reminds me of, uh, I think it was 2017 era with like Francis and the Lights and Bonnie there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Francis what? and the Lights is on this track actually. Yeah, I thought thought so. Yeah. He has a very unique uh, voice. Yeah. Very cool. It's got a nice feel to it, doesn't it? And it's like. Yeah, and it's not that big or anything. No, it just stays on the one th- vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then actually, if you listen, so many things coming in and out, and there's a lot of irregular that's yeah. happening i think that's a nice balance which is like having the same chords moving but then having all the contrast and the the dynamics in the production and the arrangement just stuff coming in and out and yeah not being so specific yeah i yeah. think that's all at least that's something that i sometimes struggle with if i stay with the same chord progression or movement then i don't know how to make it like to keep it interesting mm. if it's small yeah how to keep it small but vibrant yeah yeah mm. definitely i think having stuff changing all the time is a yeah. secret ingredient to, to that like getting something you know like earlier on that your tune we were working on and we, yeah. we put the just like you know little just like moving stuff around try not to copy and paste stuff so much and just having little moments little accidents mm-hmm. do you ever have a producer's block or a writer's block or a producer's block 
Bra. Producers bra. Mm-hmm. Um, no. I mean, there gets to a point where I'm like, I don't know what else I can do with this. I think that's just, that's the block when it's like, yeah. I think it's finished. That's, then you think it's finished. Yeah. And okay. and then if someone else is like, oh, I'm hearing something else, then oh, yeah. they will have to tell me what that is. And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, cool. Or mm-hmm. force myself to do it, to then hear it and then continue but yeah i mean there's been times i mean there's god there's so many tunes that i've made written which i'm just like i i finish but mm-hmm. that's the block for me it's like i don't want to do anything else with this actually i've realized i don't want to yeah. release it i don't want to <laughs> that's the producer's block that's the producer's block danish and confused so the next one is um this tune that i did with wrote with jordan rakai mm-hmm. and um the other guys who so Jim McRae, his drummer and who mixed the record and he's a producer as well. In and Imran Palakir, who's known as Street Rat, who releases his name. He plays guitar with Jordan. He's brilliant, incredible guitar player and just amazing musician as well. And um John Harvey, who's an incredible bass player, he plays bass with Jordan. He's just mm-hmm. a brilliant person. But yeah, chose chose this tune because um, it went on a real journey. We got the bass line going in this session in Wales and some other elements, and then we took it back to London and worked on it. And then earlier this year, I spent we did um, a few remote sessions whilst we were in lockdown, and we worked a lot on the bridge of this tune. And uh, yeah, I just love it so much. It's one of my favourite tunes that I've ever worked for a while. I let myself imagine that fear of love had me But deep ties, twenty years of habit can break down from me These days I'm finding time to reappear or fall away from it If I could pen myself a letter I'd give life for better, 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 There's no easy way to live without love There's no easy way to live without love There's no easy way to live without love 
tired, I'm so tired, but I gather myself, I'm coming for you. I'm unguarded, I saw you in surrender, found somebody who had shot me It was actually the first tune because I bought that Prophet Six for, um, as a Christmas mm. gift to myself. So it was <laughs> one Christmas. of the yeah. It was like one of the first tunes I managed to get the Prophet on. So it's quite um, it's quite a nice fit. No, yeah, mm-hmm. nice nice to get that on such a great tune. Yeah. So quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice, and his voice is just amazing. Yeah, angelic. <laughs> Danish and confused. Yeah, this last tune is your favorite band Radiohead <laughs> oh god <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything I like them I, just I know don't. I know I know I'm joking, okay. I'm joking. Just, yeah I know there's so much music out there god, yeah, it's, exactly. it's hard to, to know. yeah like everyone mm-hmm. but um, yeah this tune the story behind it is um, I was with my mate Lloyd Haynes he's a drummer mm-hmm. and um, my friend Alex Kilpatrick who's a sound engineer and who I do a lot of work with and um, we were doing we were writing music in this studio in Wales that we go to a lot and it was like 1am or something and we were really like I think it was quite drunk or maybe a little bit sort of. um, and um, Alex Kilpatrick put this tune on and I just remember it kind of like it just sort of like you know like when in a cartoon like the smell comes out of like a yes. pot of food and it go, and you, you follow it going into like a Disney characters uh-huh. like nose. It was like the music was like coming out of the speakers and like into, into my nose. ears, into my yeah, into my <laughs> into my ears. And it was like it just it was just quite a um, quite profound like wow, this is just such a beautiful song and mm-hmm. I've ever, I've loved it ever since. I just remember so strongly yeah. the moment I, I first heard yeah. it. It's called Give Up the Ghost. Give Up the Ghost. Yeah. 
in like uh, like honey doesn't it <laughs> yeah okay i'm convinced i should listen to it more well thank you for four great tunes and thank you for a great thanks talk. for having me it was really nice to chat to you it mm-hmm. was great yeah. yeah likewise good luck with all your projects thank you yeah here. well we'll stay in touch for sure and yeah hopefully definitely we can cross paths again and work together on some more music in the future that'd be great yeah definitely right. thank you and bye 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 Danish and Confused. You can listen to all the episodes of Danish and Confused on wearevarious.com, on Spotify, or on any other podcast platform. See you next time.